What's going on, everybody? Zach back here with another episode of Clutch Crew Sports, and this is going to be a fun week uh, of football that we just had that we're going to be talking about, and the highly anticipated um, buy or sell topics are going to be coming up in this episode. So I hope you guys enjoy. Let me introduce you to the rest of the crew. What's going on, guys? It is Connor, the co-host with the most, and... I'm excited to discuss all the craziness that happened in week two and discuss some success that I had going on the lock board this week. So I'm pretty <laughs> yep. happy with myself this week. <laughs> and y'all, what is going on here? This is Eric, your ranting co-host. I could rant about how my lock board performance went this week. <laughs> Got a couple of close calls there, but uh, didn't go my way. Uh especially bitter about my Jags losing to the Titans. I'm still bitter, but, you know, I got to put that aside for now and uh, get to the episode. We'll be talking about all this stuff, so looking forward to it. What's up, guys? It's Nate here again. I'm looking forward to talking about another week of um, good NFL games. Uh, Like Eric, I didn't do too good on the lock board last week again. I'm hoping to change that around this time. Um, I think I got some good ideas, so... Excited to get into it. Yeah, and uh, cross your fingers for Nate's internet this time because it was a struggle <laughs> last time. <laughs> um, but so, yeah, I've, really got a, uh, I've got a tropical storm heading my way, so... Oh, okay. Oh, yeah. Really Man, Texas just getting, it's getting hit hard. Normally, it's uh, where I'm at that gets hit the hardest, but... <laughs> yeah, so here comes another one. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Yeah, so, uh, so as usual, we're going to start off with around the shield talking about NFL related topics. And we really just got one thing we're going to be doing uh, for this, this episode about the NFL. So I'll go ahead and transition to that slide and let Connor explain what it's going to be about. Yeah. So we did this last year. Um, We did this after week one last year, but I decided that we should probably wait like one more week this year just to get like a little bit further into the season. So we've got 12 topics that we're going to discuss that we're going to talk about whether we want to buy and sell. So like, I guess to give an example of uh, some, this isn't one of the topics, but like, you know, if someone said like, Oh, the jets are going to the super bowl this year. Then, like, we're, we would all put our pictures over in the sell category because we don't think that's going to happen. Or if one of us, for some crazy reason, thought that was going to happen, then we put that over <laughs> in the buy category. Not me. I was say, I was say, about, dude, Sam Darnold's a god. Like, <laughs> if you listen to Jets fans on Twitter, then uh, yeah. you would think he's a god. But yeah, so we're going to do this for 12 different topics, and it's going to be kind of rapid fire here. So I guess we'll go ahead and get into the first one. So, um, a 2-0 and start for the Arizona Cardinals, um, a win over the 49ers that I think a lot of people didn't see coming, and then a pretty dominant victory over the Washington football team last uh, this past Sunday. So do you guys think that Arizona is now a serious playoff contender? All right, so we have <laughs> it's going to be the first one's always interesting for these things. Um, so obviously, My a lot of behind people, everybody. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you're peeking out there. A lot of people aren't uh, seeing seeing this right now, so I'll explain it, and then we'll we'll start talking about it. But I was the only one to press sell. Nate, Connor, and Eric all pressed uh, buy, so they're believing it. 
I'll go ahead and explain my reasoning for not believing this. Um, quite frankly, they're still in the toughest division in football. They're 2-0, and but uh, beating Washington, I don't really view as a quality win. You know, the Weeks 1 win was good, but I want to see them for a little bit more time string off some more wins. And I'm still really concerned about the O-line. They have a flashy offense, but with that O-line there, um, injuries can happen. And I'm, I'm still worried about this team. I don't, I don't view them as a threat yet. What about uh, you guys? Who do you think who's the most confident on your side? I guess I'll go because I was the only one at the start of the season to claim that Arizona was going to make the playoffs. So I guess I'll continue my mm-hmm. streak of, you know, I, I said from the start that Arizona was going to make the playoffs. And I mean, especially that win over San Francisco, obviously this week, San Francisco lost a lot of people to injury, but that was before San Francisco lost, you know, Nick Bosa and Raheem Mostert and Jimmy G and all these other people to injuries. So um, we'll be talking about that a little bit later, but um, (laughs) yeah, I mean, Kyler Murray is on fire. DeAndre Hopkins has been a fantastic addition to this team. And I think it's the underrated part about this team that no one talks about is the defense. I mean, the defense managed to hold, you know, the San Francisco 49ers, obviously the 49ers are also known for their defense, but they held them to only 20 points. You know, a team that went to the Super Bowl and you held them to 20 points, I'd say that's pretty impressive. And then obviously, I mean, I, I'm with Zach. I don't think Washington's that big of a win, but I mean, if you want to talk about the offensive line problems, you know, Washington managed to get eight sacks on Philadelphia, and that was one of the, re- one of the reasons why they won. But Kyler Murray stayed fairly clean in that game against the Washington football team. So I'm mm-hmm. looking for good things out of the Cardinals. <laughs> yeah, and you, men- and you mentioned the injuries, too, being, you know, before Arizona beat San Francisco. But so that made that one more quality. But in addition to that, those injuries are obviously going to affect San Francisco going forward. So I think especially with there being an extra playoff slot this year too with, and then with the injuries within their division, now with San Francisco. I, I believe Arizona has a strong chance at it. All right. So I'm going to move on to the next one here. So number two, um, going to from a team that's undefeated to a team that is and two are the Minnesota Vikings, the worst team in the NFC North this season. Uh, shoot, I think I think I'm behind all three of y'all. <laughs> yeah. Um. Okay. So basically, all of us pick sell on this one. Does anyone want to make their case as to why they think the Vikings definitely aren't going to be the worst? I'll leave it up to you guys. Um. Mitch Trubisky. Yeah. <laughs> well, I I Good guess point. we will say I will say that we're going to be talking about Chicago a little bit later too, but. Um, I mean, I just, I think they're too talented. I mean, obviously Kirk Cousins had an absolutely atrocious game against the Colts, but I don't see that being the norm. And I, and their other loss was to the Packers who are looking pretty good right now. So, yeah. All right. So there you go, guys. Uh, we are all not buying that. Uh, <laughs> I'm waiting for my face to come back on the screen. Okay, there we go. <laughs> All right. So we'll move on to number three now. So um, we're cra- probably the one of the craziest comebacks I've seen in a really long time uh, by the Dallas Cowboys the other day against the Falcons. Um, that onside kick was 
I think the Falcons should uh, go and I don't know, maybe they should fire somebody for that. Probably the special teams coordinator needs to get fired for what happened on that onside kick. Uh, nobody falling on it. But the big reason why I've got Dallas on here is because obviously they gave up 39 points to the Falcons and had to claw their way back. So is the Dallas Cowboys, will their defense hold them back from being a contender this year? Oh, interesting. Our Ooh. first 2-2 uh, split. So, Connor and I wow, are... Zach and I are agreeing on something? <laughs> I know. <laughs> Shocker! Connor and I are uh, buying this, and Eric and Nate are selling on this. Uh, Connor, do you want to do you wanna give a reason here for our side? Um, I mean, I think it's just more so, like, the fact that the two outings that I've seen of the Dallas defense, I mean, this is what we talked about coming into the season. Mm -hmm. I wasn't a part of the NFC East episode, but this is would have been my reasoning that the Cowboys, there's no question they have a talented offense. I mean, Dak Prescott's not as good as some people say he is, but he's definitely not as bad as some people say he is too. Like he's definitely a very solid quarterback and obviously probably the best receiving group in the entire league right now with, you know, kind of them and Tampa Bay are kind of fighting for that. But like, definitely top two receiving group and Ezekiel Elliott and one of the best offensive lines. So it's just like, you know, Atlanta is not supposed to be that good of a team. And when you're having to claw back, you know, at one point they were down like 39 to 24. So all credit to their offense, but that's not going to be the norm. Like if you're giving up 39 points, you're not going to win too many games. I agree. Um, (laughs) But Eric, what about you guys? You're selling this. (laughs) <laughs> okay, I'm I'm selling this. I mean, I'm definitely in agreement in terms of the sense that, like, Dallas doesn't have, like, an amazing defense or anything. But if you watch that game, Dallas committed, like, four turnovers in the first quarter. Mm-hmm. And so that gave Atlanta a lot of short fields. And actually, two of them, the defense managed to prevent them from getting touchdowns, even though they started on, like, Dallas's 30-yard line. So the 39 points is a little misleading. And uh, also, too, against the Rams, while they gave up a lot of yards, they still didn't give up a ton of points at the end of the day. So, like, I don't, like I said, I don't think they have an amazing defense. I'm not saying that, but I don't necessarily think their defense is going to fully hold them back in the future. They are still playing in a, really weak division, especially now that the Giants are, don't, aren't going to have Barkley for the rest of the year. So <laughs> I think they're going to be fine. I mean, we'll see what happens come yeah. playoff time if they get there, but at least for the season, it, their defense is not going to hold them back. I, real quick, uh, Nate, I know you haven't really been high on Dallas uh, at all this upcoming season, but um, are you in agreement with Eric, or are you more so selling this and the fact that you don't think Dallas is a contender at all, like with or without a defense? Um, yeah, I mean, I'm not a fan of Dallas. Uh, I think I do think they're usually overrated. I think the same this year, but um, I think I'm more so in agreement with Eric here. I think I mean they didn't look bad. Um, they lost Week One, or they lost Week One of the Rams, but they didn't look bad in that game. Well, you have 20 points, and then. The Falcons' loss was bad, but obviously, I think the Falcons are not a great team, but they have great offensive players. And like what Eric mentioned, they turn the ball over a lot, which doesn't yeah. help their defense out. I mean, 
I think it's too early to say they're going to be the weak link, okay. especially you know, once you see them play uh, the Giants twice, see them play Washington twice, and you're going to start looking at least a little bit better here. But Yeah. All right, yeah, so we'll move on to the next one. Uh, Connor, tell us about the next topic. All right, so number four on this list, I mentioned we were going to get to San Francisco. So um, obviously it must have been like a full moon times five on Saturday or because something happened on Sunday that caused like a million injuries to happen. And one of the the team that was the most hit by injuries was the 49ers. You know, they were already without George Kittle and Debo Samuel, and now Raheem Mostert is going to be out for a little bit. Jimmy G is going to be out for a little bit. And Nick Bosa is done for the season with an ACL tear. So with all these injuries happening in San Francisco and given their tough division, will this cause the 49ers to miss the playoffs? Okay, another 2-2 split. <laughs> uh, Nate and I are buying that, that San Francisco will miss the playoffs. Connor and Eric on the other side, uh, not buying that, selling that. So I'll, I'll go first here for the bias side. Um, and Nate can just agree with me or add a point if he wants. But um, the Nick Bosa injury is huge for them. Uh, he's the heart and soul of the defense. And... Uh, I know Sherman's been hurt. The, the, basically, their whole defensive line now has been hurt. Solomon Thomas is also out for the year. Uh, the real strength of the 49ers is their defense, and that's been decimated with injuries, and you lose your starting quarterback. Um, it's just I just don't see how they can rally from this and make the playoffs, considering they still got to play the Rams twice, the Seahawks twice. Uh the Saints, the Packers, they still have a really tough schedule ahead of them. Uh, I just don't see them winning enough games. I think they won't win the division, and the wild three wild cards will go to either New Orleans or Tampa. Um, probably another NFC, two NFC West teams also other than that is what I'm thinking. So, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm buying that statement. Nate, did I say everything you thought of too? Pretty much, and plus, like to add, they got to play. We just talked about Arizona. You got to play them mm-hmm. twice a year and see DeAndre Hopkins and Kyler Murray without um, your two best edge rushers. So definitely yeah. not looking great for them. All right, what about uh, Connor and Eric on the other side? Why do you think that they still have a chance to make the playoffs? I think it's more so just like for me. One thing, the extra playoff spot, I think helps a lot because I think, you know, more so than ever this season, a 500 record is a good chance of getting to the playoffs. And I mean, and also obviously Bosa is done for the year and Solomon Thomas is done for the year, but like all the rest of these guys, they're going to get back. Like Debo Samuel and Richard Sherman are really close to coming back. Raheem, like Richard Sherman will be out next week again, but he should be back week four. Jimmy G and Raheem Mostert, like Mostert's injury wasn't that serious. So a lot of these guys, and Kittle should be coming back soon too. So a lot of these guys, especially on offense, are going to come back soon. And I think their secondary, like especially when Sherman comes back, is going to hold up enough. I'm not saying they're going to, you know, they're they're going to get a wild card at best. Um, Mm -hmm. They're probably going to be the seventh seed. But I do still think there's enough talent and depth there to make the playoffs. Yeah, just to kind of echo that too. With I know you're talking about most likely two NFC South teams will get in. Another NFC West team will probably get in. But 
I don't see another NFC East team getting in. And then the way the NFC North is playing, other than the Packers, I don't know if I see another NFC North team getting in either. So with that extra playoff spot, like Connor said, I I think they still can be okay. I I don't obviously I predicted them well, in the conference championship before. I don't think I see that happening now. But so you think the Rams are the only team then in the West not making the playoffs? Because if New Orleans and Tampa make it, all four NFC West can't make it then. Yeah, I mean the Rams are two and zero right now, but they okay. played two NFC East teams. So I, yeah, yeah. I obviously I, I don't want to like undersell that and say like oh they're not good, but like. I just haven't seen the Rams be tested yet, so yeah, yeah. I can't really fully judge them just yet. But uh, I was just wondering, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it, it, it would be crazy, though, if all four uh, NFC West teams got in with seven spots. It is technically possible, but yeah. Uh, but I, I still think the 49ers have a good chance with their weapons coming back for the most part. So, <laughs> yeah. But it's for me, I pick sell, but it's almost still a little too early yeah, to yeah. tell, but. Yeah, so I guess right. that's it. All right, let's there. get to the next one. <laughs> All right, so next one, we obviously saw uh, Justin Herbert come in and play against the Chiefs, and he performed pretty well by a lot of estimations. I know a lot of people were saying that Herbert was going to be, like, you know, by far, like, one, you know, the third best between Tua and Burrow. <laughs> but he had a pretty good performance against KC. So, you know, with the fact that Burrow is playing on Cincinnati and, you know, hasn't had two fantastic games yet, is Justin Herbert starting to get into that conversation and possibly win the offensive rookie of the year? Oh, it's, <laughs> it's a it's a unanimous sell to that question. Um, the one you guys want to want to give a reasoning because I I don't have a great one, but well, I, I think I know what your one of your reasons would be is the fact that. Um, Anthony Lynn has said that whenever Tyrod Taylor is healthy, he's going to be the starter yep. for some god awful reason. <laughs> Especially after the way that Herbert reco- uh, played in that game, I don't know why Tyrod would still be the starter. Yeah. So that's my thing. I think Anthony Lynn is going to hold Herbert back. And, you know, <laughs> that's real. He- but also too, um, <laughs> the thing the the thing going in favor for Herbert is that there's not been like a super so far. There's not like Burrow hasn't isn't two and zero. You know, like there's a chance, but like. It's there's so many other guys that could be just as deserving. Like you said, if he doesn't get the chances to play, he's not gonna not gonna get this award. So good, simple as that. Um, we'll move on to the next one now. All right. So I'm sure Nate has been pretty familiar with this, seeing that uh, Cam Newton's had a pretty decent return. Obviously, a one and one record so far, but one of those losses was to Seattle, who a lot of us were expecting to be like the best team in the NFC this year, or one of the best teams. So no shame in that. Um, is Cam Newton the front runner for comeback player of the year this season? Another unanimous uh, decision here. We all are agreeing to that. Um, I'll, I'll say a quick thing or two and then you guys can talk about it. But really, in my opinion, I think this is going to come down to either Cam or Ben. And for them, the first two weeks so far, I think, even though the records aren't, record isn't as good, I think Cam's played better than Ben has. And uh, yeah, that, that's my reason. But what about you guys? Yeah, I mean, I'm definitely obviously in agreement with Zach. Um, I think we talk about comeback player of the year. There's only really a few that can really, you know, be in that discussion. I think um, 
they both played good, but Cam definitely has a better story than Ben after all what he went through, um, being a free agent and all that. And he really has looked great the way um, I think, as far as I've seen, he's throwing the ball um, as good, if not better, than he has um, the rest of his career. So I think this is as good of a Cam Newton as we've seen since he's come in the league. So uh, it's been exciting to watch so far. I guess I'll say one quick thing about uh, in regards to him versus Ben Roethlisberger. I think also what's going to put Cam Newton above Ben Roethlisberger is, like, I think the Steelers are going to, you know, obviously the offense needs to be there, but the offense really just needs to be serviceable with the defense. And I think that's what the Steelers are going to be more known for again this year. It's like the defense is what is, you know, the biggest part of us winning games. So I don't think Ben's going to be the exact reason why we're doing it. So I think Cam's got a much better opportunity. All right, we'll move on to the next one. All right, so um, we've talked about Rookie of the Year, talked about Comeback Player of the Year, and now we're going to start talking about our first of two for MVP. So um, two fantastic games by Josh Allen. I mean, it's like like the first time a Bills quarterback has thrown for, like, over 400 yards in ages, and, you know, he's currently the league leader in passing yards at, like, a little over 700. So... You know, if the Bills, you know, were to live up to expectations this year, is Josh Allen a sleeper candidate for the MVP? We've been talking about, like, Lamar Jackson and Patrick Mahomes and Russell Wilson, but is Allen a sleeper for the MVP? Okay, well, got a lot of hype there from Connor, but we're all selling (laughs) Um, (laughs) on this one. And... I'll let um I was a little bit surprised by Connor's pick since he um has him <laughs> on his fantasy team. So I want to hear Connor's uh reasoning for this. Well, as I mean I hope he turns out to be the MVP yeah. because that'll be amazing <laughs> for my fantasy team, but I think it's more so like I'm being cautious right now because the Bills their two games have been against the Jets and the Dolphins. So it's not like they've played, you know, the Chiefs and the Seahawks, right? You yeah. Know? So I'm just being very cautious right now. Like I'm, I guess probably out of the four of us, I'm the most like leaning towards buying, yeah. but I'm not quite there yet. I need to see them play someone better. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. All right, we'll go to the next one now. So, um, a very disappointing 0 and 2 start for the Philadelphia Eagles. Um, a very, um. You know, kind of a collapse against Washington and then obviously a loss to the Rams this week. So I'm pretty sure the reason why this has been worried like this, I'm pretty sure we're all in agreement that without Saquon Barkley, the Giants are going to be the worst team in the NFC East this year. Um, But are the Eagles the third best team in the NFC East after what you've seen in these first two weeks? Covered you up again. Oh, Nate covered me up. I guess that means, that means he gets <laughs> to <you> talk. <laughs> <laughs> I don't. Are, are, you, are you Eric and Connor? Are you guys in the middle? Like, or is this just not? No, I, I, mine's oh, okay. So, okay. I'm on by. Okay. 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 So Eric's on the side of believing that with uh, me and Nate, and then Connor's not buying that. Um. So Nate, start us off on uh on the buy section. Yeah, I mean, um, as you've seen on here, I've been pretty. Um, bullish on Philadelphia this year, and they haven't quite lived up to it just yet, but I'm not really ready to call them um, failures quite yet. Um, I definitely think they're 
the third um, best team in the NFC East, at least. Obviously, we've seen the Giants haven't looked good, plus they just lost Saquon for the year. So, I mean, I don't know what their offense is going to be capable of going forward. So, I think the Eagles at least have to be better than them. Um, I'm not going to say they're going to win the East now. I think Wentz has a lot to prove. No, it looked like it was just the O-line after week one. But there's obviously some real concerns there with Wentz as well. So, um, I don't know if I'm going to say that they're going to win the East anymore. But uh, I think they're definitely at least the third best team. Okay. I think maybe you were more on the sell side, the way the question was worded. Um because no, I, I mean, believe he, he was on the buy side because he said okay. the third best team. So, yeah, um, yeah. So, Connor, why are you uh, selling this? So, I am on the side of the sell that they're gonna. You know, I don't think they're worse than the Giants. <laughs> I don't think they're the worst <laughs> team, but I, don't, I think they're still the second best team. I think the Eagles seem to be one of those teams that, like. It seems like they start the year very slow and then they come on towards the end. Like that's kind of what happened last year. Like Dallas was leading the I mean, Dallas was leading the division for most of the season and then the Eagles went on this run at the end of the season and won like two or three in a row and then they beat Dallas and won the division. So I think it's more so like they're just trying to find their bearings and also I don't think Washington's gonna keep up. Like obviously they've got a fantastic defense, but I don't think the offense is gonna be able to keep up like keeping them in games at all. Like, I just think that offense is too bad to even put up points. Like, it seems to me that, you know, with that offense that, you know, someone could just need to put up, like, 20 points and they'll win, so. Yeah. All right. Uh, Let's go on to the next one now, hitting these rapid fire, guys. (laughs) All right. So, um, the uh, I don't think any – pretty sure a lot of us would have been surprised uh if you said that at the start of the year the chicago bears would be 2-0 and right now um so given the fact that they are 2-0 and and you know and they are uh the lions and the vikings are 0-2 are the bears the second best team in the nfc north this year okay a, a <laughs> unanimous no to that statement uh we're all selling that Eric, haven't heard from you in a while. What uh, what made you uh, join the sell side? <laughs> yeah, so I was the only one that before the season didn't pick the Bears to get last in the division, but I'm still selling this because even though Minnesota hasn't looked good so far, Chicago has barely beaten the Giants and then only beat the Lions because of a drop touchdown. So I just... I don't think they're good enough to be considered the second best in their division. I still think Minnesota has a good chance to overtake them. Now, if Kirk Cousins keeps playing like he did yesterday, then Chicago probably will be the second best team. But I just don't see Kirk Cousins being that bad all the time. So I still have Chicago as third best in the division, but I can't move on to second. Yeah, like the the to me the Bears are have got to be like the worst two and O team and ever you know like with the <laughs> how lucky they got with their opening schedule and the luckiness against detroit like yeah they the bears fans can enjoy it right now but everything's gonna come crashing down for you guys <laughs> play two two words mitchell trubisky <laughs> oh, <Yep>. yeah. <laughs> all, right. Yeah. All, right. all right 
and I know it's only a fourth round pick, but the Jaguars need them to start losing some games because we have their fourth round pick next year. So <laughs> come on, I, Bears. Well, I know you're not happy about that. The Rams are two and zero right now since no, y'all got their yeah. first round pick. <laughs> I need them to start losing too. Come on, but the Vikings are losing. That's good for us. We we have a high second round there. Yeah, so. <laughs> Bears and Vikings opponents keep honestly just just everybody lose. How about that? Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> we have course. like half the drafts in the next draft anyways. So. <laughs> all right, all right, off topic. Uh, Connor all right. gets back to the Well, it, it won't be quite off topic uh, uh, coming up here in a second, but the next topic we have is uh, so a very close win over the Broncos and also a very close and somewhat controversial win over the Jaguars. Um, are the Titans, you know, a lot of people thought coming into the season they were going to repeat as division champions and, you know, possibly win another playoff game. Are the Titans overrated? Okay. Another... Wow, I didn't expect that to go that way. <laughs> yeah, um, I'll, as a Titans hater, I'll, I'll say it. They're they're definitely good. Uh, they're gonna win a lot of games close, but I don't think they they're do. being. <laughs> I don't think they're. Uh, I don't think they're being underrated. Um, you mean overrated? Or I mean overrated is what I mean. I think they're fairly rated, to be honest. Uh, you know, you can listen to Brody Sports Talks uh, podcast. I I agree with their assessment of the Titans and the power rankings. Um, nothing nothing going to be too great with them, but I I don't think they're getting the hype like KC uh, and Baltimore and Seattle are. So I, I think they're fairly rated. Anybody else yeah. want to say anything? Yeah, I mean, as another Titans hater in the podcast, I, mean, I have to agree with it i i don't think anybody's like screaming that the titans are going to win the super bowl now or something because of their two wins uh now if that was happening then yeah i'd definitely <laughs> be buying it but i <laughs> you know people i think they're definitely a good team like zach said i mean and they should be respected i i think they are going to be a good team moving forward but until people start screaming that they're going to win the Super Bowl, besides Titans fans, then I'm not going to consider them overrated <laughs> just yet. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So, yeah, two more topics here. I'm actually going to switch the order on these. I want to save the other one for last. But um, okay. I'll talk about number 12 first. Um, Lamar Jackson, two wins for the Ravens, two decent games. Is Lamar Jackson on track to become the you know the first repeat MVP? And I don't know how long it's been since the NFL's had like a back-to-back MVP, but um, is he on track to do that for the first time in a long time? Okay, so I I was the only one that agreed with that. I'm buying that, and then everybody else is selling. So I'll start on the uh, buy side. Um, I I don't necessarily i wouldn't put all my money on this but i mean the way his um if you look at the mvp candidates there's a couple uh legit ones out there but um that the x factor for lamar and it's always going to be this is his rushing i mean he's improving as a thrower but he still gets the rushing he's still going to get the rushing stats his teams look the best um in my opinion the first two weeks and they really do have a chance to uh I think he's got a good chance to do it. I wouldn't say it's like a lock or anything like that, but um, right now I probably would pick him as the MVP or second to the MVP, but that's that's a good spot to be in. You want to be 
still at the top of the MVP leaderboards at this point in the season. And I don't think there's any reason why he can't be. So I'm going to, I'm going to buy this. What about you guys? I guess being the AFC North guy in this crew, I'm (laughs) I'm going to sell it because I think mainly another thing of like, I just want to see more. Like, I think obviously I don't consider him the front runner right now. I'd consider Russell Wilson, the front runner. Um, I'm sure a lot of people would probably agree that Russell Wilson's Mm -hmm. the front runner, but, um, I think it's mainly because his two games have come against like very bad defenses. Um, I mean, I know before the season I kind of hyped up the Cleveland Browns defense, but after seeing them against the Ravens and then seeing them against the Bengals, the Browns really don't have that good of a defense. So there was that. And then also Houston doesn't have a great defense. So um, definitely want to see him play against a better defense, like play in somebody like Pittsburgh or Buffalo before I'm ready to believe that he's uh, the front runner, you know, possibly there for a repeat. Yeah. All right. So let's get now to the final topic. It should be a a fun one to talk about. Yeah. So I wanted to leave this to the end since obviously this is a Jaguars question and we got two Jaguars fans and one person who the Jaguars is their second favorite team on here. So given his performance in the first two games, you know, there was a lot of talk going into the season that the Jaguars were tanking for Trevor. Has Gardner Minshew secured his future as the future quarterback of the Jacksonville Jaguars? Oh, interesting, interesting. So, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, Eric, Nate, and myself are agreeing to that. We're buying that. Connor's selling it. Um, let, let's hear Connor first, and then we'll hear from everybody on this topic. But Connor, what what made you uh, not trust the the mustache man? I just have to see more, honestly. Like I know. This is like kind of a common, a little bit of a common theme with these things, but I mean, he's got to keep it up given what happened last year when, you know, even though he played decently, the Jaguars just had a really bad season overall last year. And, you know, obviously the Jaguars, you know, they beat Indianapolis and they came close to beating Tennessee and Minshew's looked good in both games, but um, it really, I think for him, it's really going to need to be a much better, like he just has to keep it up. Because the Jaguars, you, I mean, they there wouldn't have been those talks about Tank for Trevor before the season if they already weren't very sold on him. So he's going to have to keep proving it and keep showing them that, yes, like, I am the guy. Like, you can trust me going forward. Build the team around me. Okay. Um, I'll, I'll lead off the, uh, the hype train for Gardner Minshew here. Uh, I think he's already solidified himself as the franchise long-term starter. For two reasons, one uh, is his own abilities, and his um, he's he's been playing very well recently, and really has shown a lot of improvements in his game. In his game, and the second reason being, I just don't think the Jags are going to be a bad enough team this year to get a top pick for one of the top two quarterbacks, and unless they did a trade up somehow, uh, I just don't think that they're going to be drafting in the spots to get. Um, a replacing quarterback because I think they're going to win more games and it's going to require to be that. But as far as his improvement, um, he there's been two things that I was unsure about Minshew heading into the season. And one of those, uh, really both of those I've, um, I've seen improvements in one is, uh, not leaving as far as his improvement. Um, he, there's been two things that, 
I was unsure about Minshew heading into the season. And one of those, uh, really both of those, I've um, I've seen improvements in. One is uh, not leaving the pocket. He's been much more comfortable in the pocket in both the games he's played in. Uh, that's a big thing for uh, for a franchise quarterback is you got to be able to stay in the pocket. And two, the arm strength. We don't see it a whole lot, but I mean, I don't think with Jay Gruden's offense that that's really going to matter because they have a really dynamic offense going on right now, which highlights his strengths and abilities. So the fact that they've changed the offense from the Nick Foles offense to the Gardner Minshew offense, you can see he did throw out that 45 yarder to Chark, but his accuracy has always been there. His decision-making, his clutchness, his leadership, all those things you like to see in a franchise quarterback. He already had in my opinion, but the way Jay Gruden's been tailoring his offense for him, he's going to load up on stats. I mean, He's on pace for 48 touchdowns. I don't think that'll happen, but still off to a great start. And I wouldn't expect him to fall off uh, considering the offensive weapons on the team. But Eric and Nate, uh, what else did I not say about this man? (laughs) (laughs) This legend. (laughs) The man, the myth, the legend. I mean, Zach, I think, pretty much hit the nail on the head. But the biggest improvement that I've seen from him in these first two games compared to last year is that he's not making as many mistakes like he did have a really bad one in that titans game where he ran out of the pocket too long and ended up taking like a 20 yard sack yeah like that Mm -hmm. that that play was really bad but other than that he was pretty fantastic in that game and because the one interception was uh like batted up in the air at the end of the game so i i don't blame that one on Minshew. so He's only had he's had the one legit interception in two games, but way more touchdowns. His uh, completion percentage is way better than last year. And I know, like Connor was talking about, how bad the Jags were last year. But if you take out the games that Nick Foles played in, the Jaguars were six and six last year, which isn't that bad, especially seeing as how he was a sixth round rookie last year that wasn't even expected to ever come off the bench. So. And he was in an offense that year that wasn't really tailored to his skill set because the offense was more built around Foles, which was just pure pocket passing. But with Minshew's ability to, you know, throw on the move and roll out and, you know, do things like that, Jay Gruden has done a great job of building an offensive playbook around him. So I agree with Zach here that, Manchu has earned his place. I'll say this. Yeah, go ahead. I'll say this. Um, He's earned. I'm not. I'm not going to buy it just yet. But if I did have the disposable income to uh, to buy a jersey for him, because that's a really tough (laughs) thing to do for a Jags fan is buy a jersey of a player on the team. Yeah. How many do you have now? Uh, none, none, no current players, but um, no, that, no, I was asking, like, how many do you have, like, then? <laughs> former oh, players. Uh, <laughs> I mean, I, I, like, I've only got two really bad ones, but um, uh, Fournette, yeah, I, I I've, gone, I've yeah. gone through, I've gone through some bad ones over the years, yeah, so. <laughs> but yeah, no, I if, if I were to get a jersey from this team, I'd, I'd get a Minshew one, but Nate, let me hear from you about uh, about uh, Minshew. How do you think, why do you think he's the long term? Yeah, I mean, you guys basically touched on most of the aspects, but um, definitely just watching him week in and week out, he definitely has 
you know, what it takes to be a starting quarterback. Um, obviously, he's not, you know, a Mahomes or Russell Wilson, but he definitely has um, enough physical tools plus the intangibles, I think, to go out there and get it done um, on a weekly basis. And obviously, you never know with this um, front office and administration what they're going to do. But I think the smart move is um, he's definitely earned the starting spot. I think the smart move is to build around him because obviously you're paying him only, what, like 750 k a year, you know, imagine the kind of team you can build when you're playing, you know, a legit, um, at least top 15 quarterback, um, that much money you can build, they can speed up their rebuild a whole heck of a lot faster if they go that route. So, um, I'm definitely buying that. Cool, cool stuff. Uh, definitely exciting to be a Jags fan right now. Um, with the hope of definitely, definitely the opposite of what you thought going into the season. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. For sure, for sure. All right, so let's let's now transition over to the lock board. Um, I'll show you guys the standings here. So last week, Connor, like he said earlier, uh, far and away did the best, getting a nine-point performance from his locks. Uh, I finished in second with four points, and Eric and Nate getting one pieces uh, for themselves. Not not very good. The total standings now. (laughs) After two weeks, Connor is in a clear first place with 14 points, followed by myself in second with 10, Eric in third with 7, Nate struggling down there with just three points after two weeks on the lock board. So mm-hmm. it'll be interesting to see what he does this week with his locks. But Connor, review us, uh, our listeners and viewers, about your locks that were all successful. Yeah, so I guess I'll start with the one that got me started and the one that I completely stole from Zach, the uh, Denver Nuggets over the Los Angeles Clippers. Um, you know, that was that was big time, especially since I was getting pretty worried in that game because the Clippers were actually winning for, like, you know, the Nuggets weren't looking great. But as the Nuggets seem to always do in these series when they're down 3-1, they seem to catch fire in the second half. And, they and like, the ending score looked like they blew out the Clippers. So... Um, very happy about that. The, oddly enough, like out of all of these, the one that I was most nervous about was the KC over the Chargers one. Uh, that was a close game. I mean, Harrison Butker had to kick a 58-yard field goal twice. Like the ending sequence there was crazy. Like they, it was a 53-yarder. He lined up and made it, but then they got called mm-hmm. for like a like a false start, I think. So yeah. it backed him up to 58. Then he went and kicked the 58-yarder and made it, but then the Chargers called a timeout to ice him, so he had to make it a third time, and he made it. So good on Harrison <laughs> Butker for that. Um, yeah, and then the Rams sure. kind of pretty easily handled the Eagles. So um, it was funny how Zach was, Zach was talking about that this is, you know, this is the second week in a row that I've made a five-point pick. And he's like, you're better at picking five-pointers than you are at one-pointers. So, <laughs> I mean, yeah. if, that's the, if that's the case, then I'll take it. So. Yeah, yeah, that, that's good to be. Um, so based off of last week's uh, standings, we have the new draft order. Eric's going to be drafting first. Uh, so with round one, pick one, Eric, who are you going to be going with? I'll show the betting lines here on the screen. Okay, I just want to familiarize myself real quick so with the football games is it it's over seven seven uh to get five points they have to be 7.5 yeah like it has to be over seven so there's actually only one five point nfl game right now yeah okay i don't know i thought it was six and a half so uh six is the nba is six the the cutoff is six 
Okay. So the the and the Nuggets uh, Lakers is a five pointer. Gotcha. Okay. Um. All right. So I, I just don't really see any like five point games that I try. I do apologize for not knowing because I work all day. I didn't really get to look at this. So. Um. Let's see. All right. I wish the point was a little higher so that this would be a five pointer, but I, I just don't trust the way the Eagles have been playing right now, and so I'm going to take the Bengals to beat the Eagles. Okay, so three point play there with the upset. Cincy over Philly is going to be round one, pick one. Nate, you've got the second pick. Where are you going to go with this one? Um. All right. So with this pick, I'm also going to go for an upset pick. And take um, go to college football and take Kentucky over Auburn. I think um, week one, both these SEC teams didn't get a chance to play. You know, it's an FCS cupcake, so I'm gonna give UK the um, advantage in this one. Okay, it's my turn now. I'm going to. I missed out on the Nuggets last time, but I'm getting them this time for the five pointer. I, I think Denver is going to win game three against the Lakers. So so I'll take that five-point NBA play (laughs) all day. (laughs) Connor, did I steal that from you? No, no. Actually, um, my plan going into this was I actually, and this is going to be my first pick, was to pick the other NBA game. I'm going to pick the Miami Heat to beat Mm. the Boston Celtics. Mm. Three-point play there for that. Um, All right, so now we're going to round two. Eric, start us off here for your next pick. Okay, so for my second one here, I am going to take the football team to beat the Browns. (laughs) (laughs) Go football team! All right, so a three-point play there for the football team to beat the Browns. Uh, From Eric, Nate, let's hear your second lock. All right, so for my second lock, I was just looking at it. Uh, um, What was I looking at? Okay, yeah, it was um, my second lock is going to be going to take Chicago over the Falcons. Okay. A lot of uh, three-point games being picked here uh, with the Falcons being favored by three and a half. Um, let me see here. I'm, I've got the next pick. I'm, I'll am st- I'll stay with the three-point picks. I'm going to take the Raiders over the Patriots next week. Ooh. Yeah. I don't know if that's going to make Nate very happy. <laughs> <laughs> I will say that line is a little bit. I do think that line is a little bit high. Um, if we were doing straight-up betting, oh, I yeah, yeah, definitely... Yeah. Um, you know, go against that line, but well, I don't, I don't straight you, up. We'll, I don't we'll think see. you would, but uh, no. <laughs> I would never bet against my team. But <laughs> yeah, yeah, <laughs> for, yeah. For, the, for the general public. Um, okay, Connor, finish us off on round two here. Yeah, man, this is a tough one. There's not like a lot of really clear cut games, but I know I. Jeez. Uh, um. I know I like tend to do lots of uh, uh, five-point plays, so 
I guess if I had to pick the most likely five-pointer right now for me, I'm going to take Army to beat Cincinnati. Mm. Interesting, yeah. For being two ranked teams, that's a that's definitely yeah, a high I'm like, that spread. Seems like a pretty high spread for me for yeah. two ranked teams. Um, yeah, so potential five point play there if Army upsets Cincinnati. Uh, Eric, let's hear your third lock. Okay, so I'm going to uh, do another three pointer, and I w- normally I do like a one pointer safe hit, but since I'm pretty behind now, I don't think I can. <laughs> Luxury do that. of being in the lead. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Um, I'm going to take the Packers to beat the Saints. Okay, yeah, Sunday night. Seems doable, seems doable. Yeah, I just saw that the Raiders were beating the Saints 24-17 right now. I will say one thing about this game that's going on right now. This game is going so slow, because, like, every other play, there's a flag getting thrown. Like... The yeah. refs need to let, the refs need to kind of keep it in their pocket. Well, like, well, after, well, we we'll get to see the ending though after we finish recording. That's uh, yeah, that's really. <laughs> All right, uh, Nate, let's uh, let's. You've done a college pick and an NFL pick. Where are you going to go with your uh, third round? All right, so I'm going to stay in the NFL. Um, those college lines are. I don't trust any of those. Um, I think I'm going to go. Um, I definitely struggled with this one, but I do need to get um some points made up to get back in the running. So I'm gonna go with the upset and take Denver over Tampa Bay. Oh, Tampa Bay's been a little bit too shaky for my liking. <laughs> well, it's it's gonna be a September game in Denver, so you do have that on your side. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. Even though they lost to the Titans, but you know yeah, they lost to the Bears last year. <laughs> And they've got a backup quarterback in, <laughs> but hey, it's September in Denver. Yeah. Uh, I don't, I don't know. Is that is that trend still going since they've lost God. two in a row? Every in time, I, every time I brought that up, they've lost. So. Yeah. Maybe that's Zach's strategy here. He's got a Zach, Zach's almost like put a curse on the Broncos. I put a curse oh, on him. I put a curse yeah. on him. But we'll see. We'll see if it gets broken this time. Maybe. Maybe not. Um, <laughs> all right. So I'm, I've got my third pick now up here. And this will be this will be an interesting one. I'm going with a five pointer, uh, Mississippi State over LSU. I'm going with. Oh wow! Yeah, so that's that's got a high spread, but I, th- I think they've got a chance to pull off that upset. So uh, no risk. Defending no national risk. champions <laughs> going down. At, yep. According to Zach. Yep. Lock it. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well. <laughs> okay. What's uh, what's the final lock going to so... be? So. Uh, as I mentioned before, this is the luxury of being in first place. Um, I'm going to take a safe pick here, which nobody has done yet, but I am going to do that. And uh, I just got to figure out which safe pick I want to do. But I think, I guess I'll, you know, I'm one in one doing this. So I'll take my survival pick and I'm going to pick the Colts to beat the New York Jets. Definitely a safe one for sure. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Clark, what right, are you, so... an idiot or something? Sam Darnold's going to light him up. <laughs> Sam Darnold's the goat, man. <laughs> yep, so there you have it, guys. Uh, that is our lock board for week three. Uh, so we'll get back to you next week to go over how these went and do another one of these. These are fun to do. I I, I definitely enjoyed uh, having the, the drafting process, but... Uh, we're going to round out the show with some NBA talks. So if you, you're a diehard NBA fan, glad you stuck around with us. We're going to be talking about 
two major topics on this uh, on this segment. One of them covering an upcoming series between the Celtics and Heat. Uh, Going to be game four of that series in a couple days from now. And we're going to talk about the collapse of the Clippers losing game seven. Everybody expected them to uh, make it to the Western Conference Finals against the Lakers, and that didn't happen. And to lose the way they did was quite shocking. But we'll talk about what's going to be next for them, how they went out, and everything with the Clippers. But uh, first, I want to start off with the series, the Eastern Conference Finals, Celtics Heat. So I originally uh, picked Celtics in seven, and I'm going to keep that prediction. Um, to me, the biggest X factor for the Celtics uh, for the rest of the series is uh, Gordon Hayward. He missed the first two games. He did come back in the third game, and they won it quite easily. But what really scares me is them blowing leads because they've blown leads in really all the games to this point against the Heat. The Heat are a scary team. I definitely think if they win this game four, then they're going to win the series. But I trust the Celtics. Um with Tatum and Marcus Smart has been shooting it unbelievable in the bubble. I know he didn't have a great game three, but he's been making a lot of big shots for him. So I just think the Celtics are the more talented team between the two. I think um, getting Hayward back is another, another uh, big score for them uh, that they're going to appreciate. And the heat, I think are starting to slow down a little bit. Um, And also too, there, there is a break between like three or four days between games. So that's another advantage to the Celtics to rest up and really regroup for this really important game four. But this has been a fun series to watch in general. Game one had a crazy block by Bam Adebayo. That was, that was insane. Um, But Eric, since you're the other big, um, NBA host on our show. Where do you see this series going? What would, what do you originally think between these two teams, and where do you think things will go now? Whoa! <laughs> <laughs> That's some noise action going on. Yeah. There. Uh, yeah. I actually had going into the series. I actually had the Heat in seven. So I was like you in the sense that I felt like it was going to be a long series, but I had the Heat. Uh, squeaking it out at the end because I picked them just because of how hot they were coming into the series. I feel like everybody's been doubting them because uh, even in their first round series against the Pacers, I had the Pacers winning that series in seven and obviously that didn't even come close to happening. And then, <laughs> and then of course, everybody picked the Bucks to beat them for the most part. And of course they beat them too. So I, I have to give the heat a lot of credit for getting to where they've been at, but Boston, even though they're down 2-1, it seems like they've played better throughout the majority of the three games. But like Zach said, they've blown some leads, and that's what is concerning for them. But they seem to do a lot better in game three after they got Gordon Hayward back from the injury. Uh, I mean, he's definitely not worth his price tag long-term for the Celtics, but he makes enough of a difference to help them in this series. But I am also going to agree with Zach here in the sense that uh, Game 4 is obviously going to be huge and determining what's going to happen going forward. Because if Miami wins the game 
it's just so unlikely that Boston will come back from being down 3-1. I mean, obviously, Denver's done it Unless twice Unless their name already. is the Denver Nuggets. <laughs> yeah, obviously, Denver's done it twice already. I mean, it's obviously not impossible to happen, but they did have that big whole yelling match in the locker room after they lost game two. And when that happened, I thought they were done. But they came out in game three and dominated. So I, if I had to pick right now, I think it could i think it would i would switch it to boston in seven but game four is just so critical man it that that's going to be such a huge determining factor for what happens because if boston wins i already said what happens if miami wins it but if if boston wins it then that's two in a row that they've won and puts all the momentum on their side so i'm I'm excited about it this series has been better than i thought it was going to be for sure yeah, it's, it's been a fun series. Uh, Connor and Nate, do you guys uh, want to add anything to this? Well, I guess uh, alluding to my lock yeah. uh, from before. <laughs> I mean, I, at the beginning, had the Heat in seven, and I'm going to pull an Eric like last year with the Raptors in the finals. I'm going to stick with my original pick of the Heat in seven. Um, I mean, for me... <laughs> but then you got to pick the Celtics to win every game. <laughs> <you're running laughs> yeah, <out>. right. <laughs> um, because yeah, Eric no, originally, I, sorry, sorry, Eric originally picked the Warriors to win the series, but then proceeded to pick pick the Raptors to win every single I game. Did. Sorry, I, that, I just that had to say a bizarre turn of events there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, but I mean, it seems like to me that I mean, it just seems like the Heat are. You know, we always talk about sometimes it's like you know the team of destiny. I think the Heat are the team of destiny. I mean, like Eric said, they came in severely underrated. Like. I mean, I still had them beating the Pacers, but there obviously were people that had the Pacers beating them. And I mean, knowing everybody knows where I stand on like Giannis and the Bucks, so I obviously had the Bucks beating them. And mm-hmm. to see them, I mean, even the fact like because obviously Giannis didn't play, um, you know, he didn't play Game Five and he didn't play the majority of Game Four, but the way that they, you know, really handled the Bucks in those first three games with Giannis out there was just really impressive to me. So. Um, I, I got to give it to the Heat. They've been and they've been playing well. Goran Dragic has been playing out of his mind. Mm-hmm. I mean, I never would have thought that going into this. That I mean, honestly, the Heat's MVP right now probably is Dragic. I mean, Butler's obviously been great too. But if it wasn't for Dragic doing as well as he has, they wouldn't be where they are. So, um, you know, and the, and the younger guys are stepping up, like Bam Adebayo, like you said, with that big block. I think the biggest key for the Heat really is. Duncan Robinson and Tyler Hero really need to, I think they need to cut down a little bit on the three-point shooting because I've just seen these situations where, like, especially Duncan Robinson will, like, he'll just be going on the run, like, going off to the side, and then he'll just, like, jack up a three-pointer. I'm like, Mm -hmm. that's really not what you, you shouldn't be doing that. (laughs) Like, you know, that's not the best play you can find. It's not like, you know, they're running down the shot clock either. I mean, if you're down to like two seconds in the shot clock, then fine. But he'll do that when there's still like 10 seconds left on the shot clock. And it's like, you should probably be looking for something else. So mm-hmm. if Duncan Robinson and Tyler Hero can cut down on taking so many threes, I mean, if you're, you're going to make them, then fine. But they haven't been making them for the most part. So um, if they can cut down on that. If the Heat can just continue to really just do what they've been doing, I think the Heat take game four and then, you know, maybe the Celtics win one more game after that, but um, I think the Heat take the series still. Okay, yeah. Uh, Nate, I do want to hear from you being a, a Celtics supporter. Uh, what do you? What are your thoughts on this uh, series? Yeah, I mean, so I really haven't um, 
watch too much of the actual games. Uh, I've just seen, like, you know, the recaps and some of that stuff. But, um, yeah, I don't know. The Heat definitely surprised me coming into these playoffs. Um, not that I took them lightly after seeing what they did in their last series, but um, I thought the Celtics would come out a little bit more ready to go, at least the first two games. And they were close, but um, they just have to, I guess, finish better down the stretch. And, yeah. Um, yeah, I don't know. I think it'll be definitely an interesting series. That, um, what is two to one right now? Yeah, two or, to one heat. Yeah, two to one heat. So, so yeah, it'll definitely be interesting. I think it's gonna go. Um, I I think they'll end up going to seven games. I think the teams are pretty matched talent wise, but we'll see. Um, the yeah. Celtics make the right adjustments. Yeah, I mean, I I picked them at the start of the bubble to to make it to the finals. So. I'm still expecting that. Um, and then also, too, we're going to finish the show. If you're watching on YouTube, you see two clowns on the screen here. That's uh, Kawhi Leonard and Paul George. <laughs> um, so the the Clippers had an epic collapse, um, and the two superstars are getting a lot of the blame for it. I'll start with Kawhi. Um, he had a, a really bad Game 7, showing scoring only like 14 points, bad shooting night. And really to it... Because a lot of people have been comparing Kawhi to LeBron and putting him on that like best player in the planet sort of uh, stratosphere. And to me, this is really reminding me of when LeBron lost in the finals to the Mavericks when everybody thought they were going to win that series, he was going to get a ring. I don't think everybody thought Ka- the Clippers were going to win the championship, but everybody thought they'd at least make it to the Western Conference Finals, especially being up 3-1 to one on the Nuggets. I thought everybody was like, okay, we're getting Clippers-Lakers, you know. But the thing is, is the Clippers never finished out any of those games. They had double-digit leads in all of them in the second half. They blew them all. Uh, the Nuggets caught on fire. And Kawhi... He didn't play as bad as Paul George, but still being the best player in that team, you're going to take the majority of the criticism there. And it's going to be real interesting to see the Clippers do next season with uh, making some moves and stuff. I don't think Kawhi is real happy with Paul George. Um, To be honest, I I could see them moving on from Paul George and finding some trade out there or something. But, uh, yeah, it's... it's, um, with Doc Rivers and Kawhi Leonard and Paul George, it's uh, next season is championship or bust. I know Paul George said it wasn't championship or bust, but other guys said it was. And he even said it was like a month before he said it wasn't. So Paul George is getting clowned by everybody right now. I mean, <laughs> playoff P, people are calling him pandemic P. Um, he's just, to me, Paul George is all talk. And then when it comes to the playoffs, he never really shows up. Uh, never made it past the first round in OKC, even though he had Russ as his teammate. This series, he was terrible, really, all series long against the Nuggets, um, and they had a terrible Game 7. So I'm not a Paul George believer, and I'm not going to pick the Clippers. If they, if they stay status quo next year, I'm not picking the Clippers to to make it uh, out of the West. I just think they got to... They, they, they just can't be as complacent as they were. And that's the thing. They were complacent against Denver, and they just expected to win. But uh, I blame both Kawhi and Paul George. I blame Doc Rivers. I, I really blame this more on the Clippers than giving the Nuggets credit. The Nuggets did pretty good, but 
really the Clippers have no excuse to how they blew this series. Um, I was quite thrilled to see it happen, but um, the the Clippers, God, I, I that this is one of the worst uh, uh, upsets in NBA history, in my opinion. But Eric, what uh, what else do you want to add on to this? What what else yeah, do you think so the Clippers? Obviously, going into the season, I was the biggest believer in the Clippers out of the group, but uh, obviously that's changed now. I mean, I was a Paul George fan when he was on the Thunder because Russ got all the credit for like getting all the triple doubles and all that stuff. I've talked about triple doubles ad nauseum on this podcast. (laughs) I think they're overrated, but Russ was getting all the credit for that when really I thought that Paul George was by far the better player on the team. So I was sad to see him get traded. But after this performance in the playoffs, I mean, my opinions on him have just completely changed. I mean, he was so terrible throughout the whole, really the whole playoffs in general. I'm not, not even just this year's against the Nuggets. I Mm -hmm. mean, Kawhi straight carried them to get to even where they got. And I mean, yeah, Kawhi didn't have a good game seven and, you know, maybe Kawhi got a little overrated, but he was by far the better player, you know, of the duo on this team. I mean, Paul George had games where he just disappeared. And when you're the number two guy on a team, then you got to play better than that. You can't, you know, he kind of became the Kyle Lowry, you know, with our, like, mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, yeah, really. He, he, he is yeah, the yeah. new Kyle Lowry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, you need, Kyle, need to make Kyle a milk Lowry. carton with Paul George's face on it. <laughs> yeah, I mean, because Kyle Lowry. Please return to had, Doc Rivers if found. <laughs> yeah, Kyle Lowry actually had a pretty decent playoff run this time, especially compared to, you know, what he usually does in the playoffs. So, but Paul George was just awful. And talking about the must win thing or like the championship or bust thing, like, how does he not view that as championship or bust? You know, this team acquired Kawhi Leonard, who's a two-time finals MVP, and they acquired Paul George himself, who they gave up, like, five first-round draft they picks. They don't have a pick swaps. Well, I'll say this. Um, they Their next first-round pick is going to be a sixth grader right now. <laughs> yeah, I mean, <laughs> I'm not, I'm serious. I'm serious. 2027. Well, I mean, that's not, that's not like they had to give up because you can't trade first round picks like in consecutive yeah, yeah. years. So the for, other ones they gave up were picks they'd acquired from the Heat. But still, they gave up five first round draft picks and two swaps with the Thunder and two really pretty good players to get Paul George. I mean, how if I found out a team, if I'm a pretty good player in a league and I find out a team gave all that up to get me my mentality is, well, we better win the championship because they gave up almost every asset possible to get me. We need to win this thing. And for him to say it wasn't championship or bust, that's just a, that's a soft mentality to me. I, I don't respect players that have soft mentalities like that. And not to say that like anxiety isn't a serious thing. Like I know people who have anxiety and, you know, I, I, like to take anxiety seriously but i just i have a little i had a little trouble believing paul george earlier in the playoffs when he kept talking about how the reason why he was having bad games was because he was having anxiety i'm like you've been in the nba a long time you've made a ton of money 
I don't, I just, I had trouble believing it. And part of the excuse was, oh, you know, I'm in the bubble and here I'm stuck here in Orlando and, you know, miss my family. But all the players are missing their families. All the players are having to deal with the same situation. Well, the family's got to come to the games, too. Like, there towards the end, like, he got to see his family. Like, they're allowing the families there now. Yeah, so, but, I mean, I, like, I had, I've had conversations with Susan about this. I said, uh, I said, hey, Susan, um, if I had to have a situation where, you know, I had to be gone for three months, like, I know you would miss me and everything, but when I came back, if I was going to bring – uh, thirty million dollars. Do you think you could? Do you think you'd be okay if I was gone? <laughs> Bring me back in. <laughs> oh yeah, you know, like you know, we. I mean, I don't know, man. I just, I feel like it was just a bunch of excuses, and I mean, and plus, just to get waxed like that too in Game Seven. I mean, my God. I mean, they were up by two at the half, which obviously that's not a big lead or anything, but still, like, you were having a decent game up until halftime, and then in the second half, it's like. You we went on the milk carton like both oh, both yeah. you and both you and Kawhi Leonard just disappeared in the second half of that game, and honestly, I was glad I stopped watching it because like once the Nuggets got up by like fourteen, I put on video games. So I was like, well, it's probably I I was like maybe I should watch. You know, comeback could happen, but I switched well, on the PS4. I, I will say for I, the Clippers' <laughs> sake too, yeah. like they're really lucky that they didn't lose by more because the beginning of that fourth quarter, like, you know, the Clippers weren't hard at hitting anything, but they were lucky the Nuggets weren't hitting anything either. So, like, that could that game, that Jokic, score Jokic could have been on the a bench lot like worse. He, Jokic mm-hmm. was on the bench for, like, five minutes. If he was in there instead of uh, Plum Bum, like, they would have done a lot better. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah, I, so after was... the defense he played on AD last game, I had to call him that. But <laughs> turn into a rant here which i wasn't fully expecting to go hey you're the ranting co-host man (laughs) but i just i don't know man i i don't respect people that are making 30 million dollars plus that just have the soft mentality like oh well it's a tough environment i have to play in and there's no fans and i i'm anxiety i have anxiety and yeah i I mean just it's just like excuse after excuse after excuse. And it's like, and they didn't even get to the Lakers. So I don't know, man. It, it's not like they it's, lost to the Lakers really bad or something. Like, to, yeah. To, to me, it's, it's like a, a bit of karma, really, because him and Patrick Beverly were the ones uh, like laughing at Dame for missing the free throws that cost them in the, in the uh, regular season bubble. And um, obviously, that was bad by Dame, but still, the fact that, um, him and Patrick Beverly, who both got sent home by buzzer beaters in the playoffs to Dame, from, you know, from Dame in their past, the fact that they were laughing and making jokes about it and saying like, "Oh, you're going to Cancun and stuff," like, hmm. uh, like to me, that was all karma because they were just laughing and you know, laughing enough. The team was never a team with the Clippers when you think about it. Lou Williams was gone for the first part of the bubble um, with the suspension. Montrez Harrell was never the same when he came back. He was never really in great shape, great conditioning. Um, and Kawhi was there. He wasn't there in Game 7, but the rest of the team, it was it, to me, it didn't feel like a team. It was just a bunch of really good players who hadn't really played well as a team. And uh, they like got, the Browns from last year in the NFL. Yeah, yeah. You're really... But, yeah, uh, getting on the Lou Williams thing, too. I mean, this, this guy said... Uh, correct me if I'm wrong, Zach. I think you were yeah. talking about this, but but he said that he felt like the reason why they lost was because 
they didn't have a good team chemistry. Yeah, yeah. And but how are you <laughs> going to say that when you were going to strip clubs and stuff and then getting out of the bubble, which was causing you to then have to quarantine yep. to then not play with the team? Like, yeah. What a selfish thing, too. Like, you, a strip club? <laughs> come, it's like, come on, dude. Like, do you really want to win a championship or not? Like, like, yeah, yeah, I know. I, yeah. I, I, I'm shocked there was honestly a strip club even open with COVID anyway. <laughs> yeah, really. But I don't know, dude. Shit, I felt like there was something else. I was, I don't, I got caught up on the Lou Williams thing. I felt like it's there okay. was something else I was going to say. If, if it hits me, I'll, I'll say it. But yeah, I don't know. I guess, notice, I guess I'm just how... more mad too because I, I picked, them, I believed in the Clippers and yeah. thought they were going to go all the way, and then they turn into this embarrassing performance. Yeah, and um. Notice too how we're we're talking all about the Clippers here. Like the Nuggets did a great job, but I think we all agree like the Clippers choked this more than the Nuggets like beat uh, them. Well, I mean, right? you know, anytime you're up three games to one in a series and you let the other team come back, like that's that's I mean, it's not you know, it's not like they were only up three two or you know they were down two one and or down whatever and managed to fight mm-hmm. back, but then lost game seven. Like no, they were up three games to one. Like. The Nuggets yeah. had to win three games in a row to come back from it, and you blew it all three times. Like, you only needed to win once, whereas they needed <laughs> to win three times. And, and leads in every game. Uh, Eric, did you remember what you were going to say? Not yet. <laughs> okay, well, we're getting, I know we're we're getting wrapping close. Up, but... Yeah, we're, we're getting close to the wrapping it up time. But, uh, yeah, maybe maybe Eric will tweet whatever Firestorm he's going to say. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I just... As you can tell, I'm pretty worked up about this. Yeah, well, it's been a while since we had a, a good old Eric rant, so I was, I was happy to hear it. Um, you know, and happy, that was just uh, nice because most of my recent rants were about the Jaguars. So yeah, I know. Yeah. Finally, you got one that wasn't about your team. Yeah. yeah. So, uh, so yeah, that, that's going to wrap this show up, guys. Thanks to everybody for listening and watching. We'll be back with you guys with another episode next week. Same format, same stuff. So, uh, yeah, catch you all then. And remember... Be clutch. Bye. See ya.